Hey there, I'm Aaron Schatz from FootballOutsiders.com, and I want to welcome you to the 2022 Football Outsiders Fantasy Mock Draft live stream. This is the second year we've done this. We've got eight Football Outsiders writers ready to go, and we're going to draft the first few rounds of the Fantasy League so you get some of our thoughts about which players we would take and why. Joining me are Mike Tanier, Vince Verhey, Ian O'Connor, Brian Knowles, Kale Quinton, Tom Gower, and Rivers McCown. And uh, just to let you know how the draft works, we're doing this on the ESPN system. So it's uh, one point for every 25 yards passing for quarterbacks, one point, uh, four points for every passing touchdown. I took out the kickers and defenses because we're not going to get that late in the draft anyway. It's an eight-team league with PPR. So remember that this is a PPR draft. That will definitely matter in who we take and what order we take them in. So the first couple rounds, at least, I'm going to ask everybody to just talk a little bit about their pick and why they're doing it. And Kale has the first pick, and I'm going to hit this little button, and we're going to get started. No way. Here we go. All right. Kale well, is on the clock. Comes down, to, comes down to three, uh, three players for me. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'll never get fooled on Christian McCaffrey again. Uh, it's it's a trust that's been uh, – it's it's irreparable at this point. You can't fix it. Cooper Cup, you know, I don't expect him to repeat last season. I don't have any questions about him. Everything coming, about, coming out about Stafford's arm freaks me out, and I don't know if with John Wolford at the helm for any games, if Cup will, uh, if Cup will be able to repeat such historic numbers. So I'm going Jonathan Taylor, and I know, you know, it's never, you know, no one's ever repeated as the top fantasy points getter. It's, uh, you know, it's really hard to see the same level of production back-to-back, but I feel really secure in the floor of Taylor. Uh, just, you know, the Colts are really going to lean on him well, and also he ended up getting 50 targets last year, too. It's it's He's a little bit more versatile of the back. He's getting involved in the passing game. Hopefully Matt Ryan's enough of a threat so the box just isn't loaded with eight-plus guys. But, you know, I feel pretty comfortable with Taylor, even though I, I don't think I'm going to get the same, you know, incredible ceiling of a last year's pick. But I, I compared to the other two, there's less question marks. I feel pretty secure in it. All right. Jonathan Taylor is our number one pick. I'm picking second. And so for me, it comes down to uh, Christian McCaffrey or Cooper Cup, number two. And it's tough because I love Cooper Cup, uh, and I'm a little worried about Christian McCaffrey's injuries and everything. But the fact is, if he's healthy, he should be the top player in fantasy football, because in PPR leagues anyway, because they throw the ball to him so much, plus he gets the yards on the ground. Yeah, the Carolina offense is not going to be good overall, but that hasn't stopped him from being valuable in the past. And I just feel like the wide receiver position, even in a three wide receiver league, and this is a three wide receiver league rather than a flex league, I feel like the wide receiver position is deeper. So I'm going with Christian McCaffrey with the number two pick. And that brings us to the number three pick, which is Tom Gower. 
Yeah, it's a brief shout out to the photo I just tweeted out of TJ Yates on a Segway, my favorite NFL player photo of all time. It's once again, my team name inspiration. Um, Kale and Aaron really stole my thunder. There's a th There are three players at the top of the draft. If you look at Kubiak, it's a two-player tier. It's Christian McCaffrey and Cooper Cup. But for the reasons uh, Kale mentioned, if I'd had the number one pick, I might have gone with Jonathan Taylor. As is, McCaffrey and Taylor are off the board. Uh, it's... There's really no question that Cooper Cup would be my uh, is going to be my pick. Um, even uh, I would expect that if Wolford does play, he'll lean heavily on the short to intermediate passing game, attacking the middle of the field, and the, so you know it might be 14 uh, targets, and he might get 80 yards on him. But that's still that should still be a strong Cooper Cup performance in a PPR league. So I'm happy taking Cooper Cup at number three with the two running backs off the board. All right, Vince has the fourth pick. All right, so the top receiver's gone. Um, I'm looking at the in, in the uh, Kubiak board, and there's, I'm hoping that if I won, I can get a good running back, back in round two. Was just oh, always fails, but maybe this. Uh, so this. Vince, you're going to have to check your connection. I don't know whether it's the your microphone cord or you're coming in and out. I'm picking Devontae. Oh, he's picking Devontae right. Adams, everyone, and then trying to fix his microphone connection. Ooh. So Devontae Adams is the number four pick, believing in him in Better. Las Vegas. Number five, Mike Tanier. All right, so the obvious picks are off the board. I'm looking down the ESPN board here. Austin Eckler worries me because I think he's going to be in a committee. The ball's going to go other places. Like him, don't love him. Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, a couple of good wide receiver ones. Like him, but don't love him. In a PPR league, they tend to be more like deep threats. That's a concern. Derrick Henry, obviously going to get force-fed the ball to a degree. Curse of 370, have written about him extensively, how I think that he's – Going to be having the late Tom girl, uh, uh, Todd Gurley era uh, uh, seasons ahead of him here, and that leaves me with Najee Harris, another person who I like but don't love, but who I know is going to get an incredible amount of opportunities, an incredible amount of carries, and a lot of targets because they're going to be throwing the ball underneath in Pittsburgh. So, obviously, the quarterback situation is unsettled in Pittsburgh, although everybody looked kind of okay. Offensive line looks like a train wreck, and that's still worth uh, worrying about. I love the talent of Najee Harris. I love the fact that he was able to put up numbers last year in that circus of a situation that they had as Ben Roethlisberger age. So I'm going to take, with the fifth overall pick, Najee Harris running back, Steelers. All right. Najee Harris is our number five pick. Uh, Ian O'Connor is up sixth. Yeah, so for me, the, this actually worked out really well. It comes down two of the, the my favorite guys in the, the front here. Um, Justin Jefferson, Packers fan, but I'm between Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Um, I think Jefferson obviously or obviously is one of the top receivers. I think he's going to push, and he would be my pick for the top wide receiver in the league this year. Um, and then Dalvin Cook, I feel like I'm a lot higher on him than a lot of other people I've seen. I see him. Uh, go in the back half of the, the round, sometimes like 10 or 11. I honestly, I think that Minnesota offense is going to be really good. I think they're going to throw them the ball a lot more. He's going to get more receptions. He was down a little bit in that uh, that department last year. But I, I really like Dalvin Cook. I think he's going to push. He's kind of my 
I don't know if it's really a, a sneaky pick, but I am picking him as well to be number one running back. I think Dalvin Cook and Jefferson Jefferson could both finish number one at their position this year. I think that Vikings offense, as a Packers fan, I hate it. I still, uh, they, they worry me, but I'm going to go Dalvin Cook. Cook had only six touchdowns, I think, last year, but he had double-digit touchdowns in each of the two years before that. So, like, don't just look at last year with Dalvin Cook. Look at, like, his whole career. All right, so that brings us to pick seven, which is Rivers. Well, we're just dancing in the streets here because Justin Jefferson's still on the board at number seven overall. Uh, This is a guy who I did not expect to be here at all. Um, as Ian was saying, I think they have a really good offense. I think they have a good chance with Kevin O'Connell to bring in some of those Cooper Cup concepts, really make Jefferson even more of a PPR guy. A guy. So I'm, I'm just thrilled to be here with this pick, um, not really even considering the other options. Like I, w- I would take Jamar Chase probably sixth out of these guys uh, on my board. And, and, you know, I have two guys ahead of him already. So I'm, I'm just stoked. I'm just taking Justin Jefferson. We got the, we got the starter boys. All right, and that leaves our eighth pick, which is Brian Knowles has the eighth pick and then the first pick of round two because it's a snake draft. So two picks for Brian. All right. with my, In a PPR league, I like getting a running back who's going to get a lot of catches early on. And that and there are two guys left on the board who I think hits that criteria. We've got Austin Eckler and Alvin Kamara still alive. I am, I have gone back and forth on how good I think the Saints offense is going to be this year because trusting Jameis Winston is a very dangerous thing to do historically. Uh, and Kamara is coming off of his the worst season of his career by our numbers, both DBOA and DYAR. Uh, I hear what Mike said about Eckler and his usage and stuff like that. I know that, he's, that they're talking about reducing his touches and things like that, but I just trust him to be more consistent than Kamara at this point in time. So I'm going to go with Eckler and, and solidify my running game uh, that way. I could then just take Kamara again, just get both of them, you know, knock them out in one thing. But as you will see in a preview of our awards and stat predictions, which are coming out this week on footballoutsiders.com, uh, I have picked Travis Kelsey as my long shot to lead the league in receiving yards. Ooh. With Tyreek Hill out, Kelsey becomes the top receiving option in Kansas City. He's the top fancy tight end by leaps and bounds for me. And I can take him here and not have to worry about fighting over the rest of the tight ends for the rest of the draft. That seems like a pretty good day to me. I'm going to take Travis Kelsey to lead off uh, the second round. What are you drinking, Brian? Perrier. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that was like uh, about a round earlier than ESPN had him. But it is kind of commiserate with Kubiak if you set Kubiak to if you set your Kubiak app to, you know, that there won't be bench tight ends. So that you use a, an adjustment for kickers and tight ends, whatever, that's about where you take Kelsey. So uh, I think that's a good call. And I want to remind everyone watching that you can make comments if you're watching on YouTube or um, if you're watching on YouTube or Twitch, you can make comments and ask questions during the draft. Uh, so we're heading back, which means it's Rivers' second pick. I, I think Brian. I think Brian did that last year too with Kelsey. I think he was. I think he's just the tight end believer. Definitely. Um, Brian's cat jumped in and tried to get Kamara. If you were looking carefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, here I I would I'm heavily considering Jamar Chase, but then I kind of look at the running backs that are left on the board. I'm not quite as uh, thrilled to wait 12 more picks and hope that somebody who I think is half decent gets back to me. So at that point, I'm I'm torn between Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. I feel Kamara has traditionally been the better PPR back of these two. Um, I think Derrick Henry has more upside, of course, but this is a PPR league and kind of to play to that. So I'm just going to go ahead and take Alvin Kamara. And uh, yes, Joey Sucks points out uh, by Fantasy Pros, Kelsey's going 13th by ADP and Brian took him ninth. So it's actually not that far off. All right. Ian, you are next. Back up again. Yeah. So we've got Dalvin Cook. Um, I was going to take Kamara if he was there. I was hoping you would would uh, go with Derek Henry. Go ahead and lock lock those two up. Jamar Chase, I know he's still up there. I'm not as sold on the Bengals offense this year. I think they're going to come down to earth a little bit. Uh, T. Higgins is still there. That can easily you know be a number one receiver. Um, take some away. I think uh, Jamar Chase is very good and could have another huge year. Um, I'm leaning more towards Stephon Diggs. Uh, or CeeDee Lamb and Kubiak. Those are both kind of the next two receivers that are, are pretty close here. Um, but I'm looking at CeeDee, or sorry, CeeDee Lamb next to Jamar Chase, just a couple spots down. With Amari Cooper gone, Cedric Wilson gone, Michael Gallup kind of banged up early. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to have a huge year um, this year. I think he's going to just catch a ton of balls uh, in that Dallas offense. So I'm going to go with a, maybe a little bit off the uh, what what some people might go with here, and I'm gonna go CD Lamb uh, as my number one wide receiver uh, to pair with Dalvin Cook there. All right, CD Lamb. Yeah, it's interesting because I know we we lowered Prescott a little bit in Kubiak, and that lowers the Dallas receivers a little bit, but not that much. I think the Tyron Smith injury is going to affect the Dallas running backs a lot more than the Dallas receivers. And to answer Shane Wong. Shane asks, is this chat strategic to tank other drafters' opinions, or is it for public benefit? The answer is it's for public benefit because we're, we're not actually going to follow this league for the whole season. It's, we're here for you. This mock draft is here for you. So, Mike, Tenure, you're, uh, you're the next pick. Yeah, and we talk about guys getting a lot of balls, in particular offenses like C.D. Lamb. We talk about running backs, how they just sort of get opportunities, and you're looking for opportunities. Then there's Tyreek Hill who the Dolphins are going to throw a million passes to in their effort to prop up to a tongue of Viola as this, whatever they're trying to prop them up as, you know, secretary of state or emperor or whatever it is. <laughs> so Hill's going to get his deep opportunities. He's going to get screens. He's going to get shovel passes. He's going to get end of rounds. And I think the opportunity there is for a breakout season, excuse me, not a breakout. It's Tyreek Hill, a mammoth statistical season. And so I'm going off board a little bit, going off road, taking Tyreek Hill, Miami Dolphins. All right. Yeah, going a little it's a little bit of a stretch by Kubiak. It's about a, a round later than expected. Yeah. Uh, and he was uh, like the 17th or, or something on the ESPN uh, draft. All right. So that brings us to Team Vince. It's giving his picks in mind. Can anyone? Oh. Excellent. Great. Well, I'll <laughs> Let's get my pick. Yeah, we're having some problems with Vince's audio. I don't exactly know what's what's the problem. He can hear us. 
Yeah. But everything he says is coming in kind of disjointed and and uh so I think he's gonna have to just make a pick. And he took Joe Mixon. Nice. Joe Mixon off the board. Probably the best running back left at this point. By our numbers, since we're expecting a Henry decline a little bit. Uh, but Henry is still out there. Uh Tom, you can take uh, your man Derek Henry if you want. You are a Tennessee fan. I am a Tennessee fan, and I have seen Tennessee consistently refuse to throw the ball to Derrick Henry on a <laughs> on any sort of consistent basis for six years. And so, therefore, I am going – and after taking Cooper Cup with my first pick, I really want a running back. And I think the one that I want is going to be uh, Leonard Fournette. I think uh, we were all wondering last offseason – Last offseason in particular, you know, what the Bucks running back committee was going to look like. And it looked like Big Linny actually seemed to take over the role both in the ground game and through the air as the short receiver for Brady. So at the bottom of the second round, I was hoping Fournette or Kamara would fall to me and the people might be put off by one of those. And I'm just happy to take Fournette. Yeah, Fournette was running back three in fantasy points in PPR from week four to week 15 and then he didn't play in week 16 through 18 so he definitely was very valuable last year that brings it to me and i'm very happy to use my next pick on jamar chase <laughs> he's the next guy on espn's adp he's uh he's the next on espn's values sorry not their adp by adp derrick henry would be the next guy he's the next guy on espn's fantasy values he's the next guy on kubiak's fantasy values Please give me all the Jamar Chase you have. Thank you very much. Now it comes back to me. I, I'm in a pretty good position here. Uh, it's, you know, I don't think I'm touching Derrick Henry uh, either. I think he'll slip into round three. I have some injury concerns there. What I am going to do, I'm going to take Aaron Jones to run around out my, you know, running back draft room. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uncertainty just around the uh, like. I, I have a lot of questions, at least, about where passes are going to go to in the Green Bay offense. So, I like the reliability of Aaron Jones. Hopefully, I can get AJ Dillon a little bit later to shore up that position <laughs> and to draft my first wide receiver of the afternoon. Give me Stefan Diggs, just. Volume everywhere I can in the Buffalo Bills offense. I'll I'll take that all day. Awesome, Stephon Diggs is great. Those were the next two players on my Kubiak draft board, at least Aaron Jones and Stephon Diggs. Sort of an interesting point now because if you're using Kubiak, it actually says it's near time to break the seal on quarterbacks. Hmm. But if you draft the way people generally draft in fantasy football these days you wait another couple of rounds. It's very interesting that Kubiak is based on value-based drafting. And the idea is, you know, how many points is Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes worth compared to the bottom starting quarterback, which in our league would be the, only the eighth quarterback in the league. And it always seems to come out with the quarterbacks higher hmm. than what most drafts, if you're in a one quarterback league, just assume that the quarterbacks are a lot more smushed together in value but Kubiak suggests that that's not the case. But I'm going to try to be wise and go with what people normally draft like rather than just going with Kubiak. And therefore, I am actually going to break the seal and take Derrick Henry 
even though I do think there may be some decline, I think he's the best player left at this point. He's the best player left on ESPN's board. He's close to the best player left on Kubiak. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry as my next pick. I love it. Okay. Thank you about for, not having, Henry. It's a big win. for not putting me on the clock with uh, Derek Henry as one of my best available options. Speaking as a Titans <laughs> fan, um, that would have been, uh, you know, I would have had to basically make a public declaration as, and I don't like to tie my uh, personal fandom too closely to my fantasy team. Anyway, it's, I did end up with the Titans draft and the, and the draft I did on on Saturday because they're facing the Giants week one, and I tend to be a defensive streamer. So, you know, we'll see if they're on my roster week two. So now I have a quarter – I have a, I have Cooper Cup and I have Leonard Fournette. So I'm not tied into a specific position. But um, I – so I'm open to – if there's a running back that I really liked, uh, I'd take one here. I don't know – what Javante Williams PPR production is going to look like. Um, it's, I'm not, well, just looking up over the next running backs in Kubiak, DeAndre Swift, you know, I, I think I'm really by our case that Detroit's offense is likely to be mediocre rather than bad, but I just not feeling compelled for DeAndre uh, to go DeAndre Swift here. So in that case, I'm looking at the top wide receivers and my favorite wide receiver here is Keenan Allen. Um, He's a PPR monster, and he's part and he's paired with Justin Herbert. And I like having parts of good offenses. You know, one of the reasons I would not feel comfortable taking Christian McCaffrey at number one is Carolina's offense is not going to be good. And I know that's not a that you know we've plenty of backs have put up good numbers and not great overall offenses. But if I have the choice between a good offense and a bad offense i'm taking the good offense all the time and so keenan allen is my actually you didn't pick in time hold on tj yates was back on the team tj yates oh no i thought i rolled it back hold on a second uh, I auto pick so i was i ended up with diva samuel okay. yeah no i'm trying to fix that uh, <laughs> welcome to the technical difficulties now you are picking keenan allen Okay, thank you. I try to keep this street moving, but I just ended up talking a little bit too long. <laughs> All right, Vince is up again, and Vince has uh, chatted that he, uh, once the top two running backs were gone, he wanted to wait and take a running back in round two, which I believe that he did with Joe Mixon. So his team is currently Devontae Adams, Joe Mixon, and a broken microphone. Go <laughs> here. So let's see who he's going to take. There. Ah, ah, he breaks the seal on quarterbacks by taking <laughs> number one quarterback, Mr. Josh Allen. I was going to do that. Thanks. <laughs> and again, I mean, the big reminder fantasy wise for people watching this is that your leagues are going to wait longer on quarterbacks. But Kubiak suggests that Allen and Mahomes are better enough than the bottom starters to make it worthwhile to take them. 
All right, Mike, you are up next. I am frantic, frantically Googling an injury, as I do. As yeah, I why do. is Debo Samuel listed as questionable on the ESPN? He's listed as questionable. behind his knee. Yeah, is a bruise behind his knee. So this is a questionability question. Well, he was taken out of the game. I was looking for any updates. It's still a bruise behind the knee. And again, if you look at what I'm doing with my receivers here, I'm trying to do a yak combination now with my two receivers. I think Tyreek Hill is going to be more of a yak and and like uh, PPR guy because we're going to feed him short passes uh, to try and get yak out of him. And we know who Debo is. So I'm going to have my wide receiver combination. I'm going to be ready if I have to draft the last quarterback in the draft if I have to. We'll be able to get yards after the catch and points in fantasy with the combination of Tyreek Hill and from the San Francisco 49ers, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, that is uh, 21st overall in our league. And that brings us up to Ian O'Connor with the next pick. So you mentioned the way Kubiak is, the way people normally draft. This more so goes to how people normally draft. I am a weight on tight end guy in most of my leagues, uh, especially in my home league. Once the first, first couple go, a lot of people kind of reach for those tight ends earlier. Mm-hmm. But right here, I think I'm going to kind of change that up. Mark Andrews had a huge season last year. I don't think he's going to have that big of a year. The Ravens aren't going to throw the ball as much. Uh, Isaiah Likely uh, has been the big preseason guy for them, is going to get some work. But I still think Lamar trusts Mark Andrews. He's going to look for him in the red zone. There are a handful of guys after Mark Andrews here um, that I really like a little bit further down with, you know, four picks between this pick and my next pick. I'm happy with, you know, the guys, at least some of those falling to me. I really don't have a distinction between a lot of them. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go off, off of what I normally do and lock up Mark Andrews here, um, who I still think we have him. Um, he's the next available on my Kubiak board. I know compared to ADP, I think overall we have him a little bit lower than where he's going in most drafts, but as tight ends, we have him as the number two tight end as well. So I'm going to go ahead and take Mark Andrews and uh, like uh, to Kelsey, but just go ahead and get that out of the way. So Mark Andrews for me. Nice. I thought that was going to be a Kyle Pitts intro, and you, you switched gears. And <laughs> Kyle Pitts is another one I considered waiting for him, but yeah. Well, Ian just Ian just stole my thunder as I stole his last time. Um, yeah. I was really hoping to get Andrews on the way back because I knew that uh, Brian was not picking another tight end. So here well, we are. Uh, <laughs> here we are. We got some running backs. We got some wide receivers. Um, not really like stoked, super stoked about anybody left. Um, <laughs> where I kind of wind up uh, breaking the tie, so to speak, is. Uh, I still believe in the Bengals passing offense to be better. I think they've got more uh, pass blocking this year with the additions on the, on the offensive line. And T. Higgins sneakily kind of almost got as many targets as uh, Jamar Chase last year. I don't think he's as good. And obviously we we know that by the ADPs and everything, but I do think he's a very strong receiver and he is probably my best available player. So we are picking him in the third round. Excellent. T. Higgins. Bryce Waltz points out that in an 18 league, the eighth quarterback taken is still super strong. You may even be able to get Tom Brady or Kyler Murray, which is true. But the fact is, this is, you know, the Kubiak app is looking at the difference in projected fantasy points between Josh Allen and those guys and saying that difference is greater than the difference between Javante Williams and the worst starting running back. So, oh, Hetty, 403 missed it. The first pick was Jonathan Taylor, who went to Kale. 
The second pick was Christian McCaffrey, and the third pick was Cooper Cup. Anyway, it is now Brian for two picks. Yeah, uh, I'm just because because half my clock's gone. I'm just gonna pile on back on that discussion to begin with. Yeah, the, the quarterbacks you can take eighth are super strong, but the quarterbacks you can take second are super super strong. That they're, they're a level above and beyond. So I can either take uh, Patrick Mahomes or uh, Justin Herbert here, and I don't think both are going to get back to me at the end of a full loop back and forth. So I'm going to go ahead and just take Patrick Mahomes, pair him up with uh, Travis Kelsey, stack there, and hopefully get a ton of value out of out of my top passing combination. And one of the reasons I'm doing that is because where you can only start two running backs in this league. We don't have a flex spot, and I've already got Austin Eckler. And since I'm on the wheel, I get to get two picks back-to-back, so now I can take my second running back. And I'm deciding between DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams. Uh, Swift was the better option last year. Uh, Swift had more receptions. But I like the possibility of Williams uh, in the upgraded Denver offense now, with now with Russell Wilson at quarterback. I think Denver's going to be throwing a lot. I think Williams... I know that, that Seattle hasn't always been leading the league exactly and hitting the wide right receivers, but I like Williams' potential a lot. I'm going to take him over, over a Lions offense I am not entirely convinced in yet. So I'm going to take Javante Williams to finish off my running backs. All right. So this is we're now into the fourth round of our eight-team draft. And Rivers, you are up. All right. Well, I was hoping that Brian would uh, take a wide receiver since he didn't have one yet, but oh well. <laughs> Guess we'll have to wait on that. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. I wasn't going to take Javante Williams anyway. Um, I, I was kind of torn between, I don't have a lot of DeAndre Swift this year. I kind of, I like the player. I don't like the role quite so much and kind of where my high upside instincts are taking me. And, and the fourth round here is uh, I think Saquon Barkley's got a free ride to as much production in that backfield as he possibly can, as long as he stays healthy. Um, and of course, he'll never be healthy, but that's fine. It's round four. We're not. We're, we're betting on upside here, and we're going to click on Saquon Barkley and hope that Brian Dable can get everything fixed. All right, Saquon Barkley, which by, by the Kubiak projections is a little bit of a reach. Kubiak is pretty down on Saquon Barkley, but you're right that they're probably going to feed him the ball a lot. So I don't know whether maybe we're not projecting quite enough carries for him. Next, uh, Ian O'Connor is up. Yeah, I was considering Saquon there as well. Uh, we kind of took that. Again, it's more of kind of what I've heard and read. I think he's just going to get a ton of work um, and really like him to have a, a pretty big season. Here I've got a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. Um, can really go – Anywhere, I, James Conner is obviously not going to repeat 18 touchdowns, but I was kind of looking into him for something I'm working on earlier. Arizona ran at the eighth highest rate in the red zone. He's going to get the work as long as he's healthy. Um, already have Dalvin Cook. Kind of, you know, have to worry about injuries there. But the other, the where I'm looking, Mike Evans uh, potentially. I've kind of gone back and forth on him this year. You know, he's a uh, preferred threat for, for Tom Brady, especially in the red zone. We know he's got a thousand yards every year. But I'm going to go down. Um, a little bit lower um, and go – I'll say that now. I'm not exactly sure if I've sold myself on that. <laughs> um, I'm leaning A.J. Brown. I think that Eagles yeah. offense is going to be really good. It's three wide receivers. I'd rather get a receiver here than a running back. I know it kind of starts to to get bad <laughs> after James Conner, really, and DeAndre Swift up there. Um, until later, there's some guys who could break out a little bit later on. But I'm going to go with A.J. Brown here uh, with my fourth round pick 
I think he's going to have a big year. He's got that connection with Jalen Hurts, it seems like, and buddies already. So I'm going to put a little bit of that, like the Matt Stafford Cooper Cup connection they built off the field earlier uh, in the season last year and go with him. Shane Wong asks, how far Julio Jones will fall considering where he is in Kubiak? The answer is by the time this video live stream is over, nobody will have taken Julio Jones. Now, we're only doing the first five or six rounds because we're going till two o'clock. And my guess is Julio Jones does not go in that time. Well, I'm not taking him. <laughs> but I am taking Nick Chubb, running back of the Cleveland Browns, despite the fact that they're going to be with a journeyman quarterback for hashtag reasons for 11 games, still have a relatively strong offensive line. We'll probably be feeding Nick Chubb the ball behind what should still be a better offense than, say, the Giants offense. I, I will point out right now as I click the draft button, that those paying attention carefully will notice I have three week nine buys already. This is a problem I always run into during fantasy drafts. And uh, I've turned it into a little philosophy saying, well, by that way I can just leave the same lineup for weeks and I'll worry about week nine when it comes and I'll do waivers. And usually that just means I lose on week nine, but this isn't a real draft anyway. So it's okay. But folks, when you are drafting, mind your bye weeks because you don't want two receivers and a running back, for example, all on the same buy. All right. Vince is up. <laughs> Did anyone read what that said? With a 29th pink, Team Vince selects, drumroll. <laughs> Kyle Pitts. There yeah. Is. Kyle Pitts. There we go. We're high on Wide Kyle Pitts. Atlanta. He actually was coming up on Kubiak. We're very high on Kyle Pitts this year. He is not going to have only one touchdown. <laughs> Are you sure? Because that's what Julio always did for the Falcons. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tom, you are up. Okay. So I'm in, So when I ended up, when I did eventually, after some procedural issues, end up taking uh, Keenan Allen, I mentioned uh, Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift as the uh, next two running backs on my board. And with two wide receivers, I was hoping to get a second running back here. So I like to have two solid running backs. And then I basically, uh, in doing drafts with most people, it's they're much more eager to take running backs than I am. So I end up uh, uh taking a bunch of wide receivers and I'll probably take a tight end and a quarterback before I take my third or fourth running back, depending on the league format. Uh, so uh, I just want to go ahead and take my second running back here. And I was, I did not expect Deandre Swift to still be on the board for the, uh, by the time I got back here, um, there's not a wide receiver. So one of the next picks and so a couple of the next, non-running back picks in Kubiak are Justin Herbert and Mike Williams. And after taking Keenan Allen, I, you know, it's in a best ball format or a DFS that I think playing the stack makes sense in a, re in a weekly redraft league like this. I am not as big a fan. So I'll just, and I see Vince pointing at his watch. Like I need to go ahead and take DeAndre Swift <laughs> before I time out. So there. All right. DeAndre Swift goes to Tom. It is my pick now. And uh, I'm trying to decide. I already have two running backs. So I'm trying to decide where to go with my next pick. And I think I'm going to go with a guy that I'm super high on this year. He's the leader in opportunity-adjusted touchdown expectation over the last four seasons per game. 
I love Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers. That is who I am taking next. I think he's a great receiver, and I think he's going to have a big year. Love it. All right. That's up to me. In a similar position to Mike, I am uh, both my running backs right now, both week 14 buys. In another draft, I'd probably take James Conner just to shore that up, but this doesn't really matter, so I'm not going to. I like Jalen Waddle here. Our Kubiak projections only have about a 30-point difference between Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And I get I get going Hill over uh I get going Hill over Waddle there, obviously, because it's Tyreek Hill, but I do like the upside, especially in a really high yak offense in someone like Waddle. Like Tom said, you gotta invest in good offenses and getting a good piece of the, you know, flashy McDaniel system. I'll take that any day. Just to directly uh, go in the face of what I just said, I'm going to invest in a bad offense now. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Cooks looks oddly appetizing to me. Just it's, <laughs> it's really just a target share thing. Like last year, there were points where Brandon Cooks had more than a third, a third of the entire Houston Texans targets. You're not going to see that level of a share anywhere else in the NFL. I'm pretty high on Nico Collins uh, in terms of an impact he can make, but just in terms of just sure targets, Brandon Cook seems like a sound investment. Am I worried about Davis Mills being the main guy? Am I worried about picking anyone from the Houston Texans, sorry, Rivers, this high in the draft? Yeah, a little, but I don't. I don't know what you're doing right now, man. I don't know. What you're doing. <laughs> Listen, can't gamble without taking a few risks. All right, I said it. I've said it earlier. I'm going to say it again, which is that Kubiak suggests that quarterbacks are not as close together as people tend to think in their expected fantasy points. The fact is, the difference between the top quarterback and the eighth quarterback is worthy of taking a third or a fourth round pick. And I'm going to take the third best quarterback here and the best one available and make a stack. I owned Justin Herbert last year in the Scott Fish Bowl, and that was fun. So I'm going to do it again and take Justin Herbert as my quarterback with my next pick. Nice. You got a stack. We are in the fifth round now. And yes, these is earlier in your league you probably want to wait to see when somebody else finally breaks the seal on quarterbacks before you take one. But my advice is as soon as someone else breaks the seal on quarterbacks, take one early. I would rather have Allen or Mahomes or Herbert than even then like Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray, or I just think the best quarterbacks are they're better than the next guys more than you think they are. Okay, I am now on the clock. I have my two running backs, so I'm uh, looking at a third receiver or another or a quarterback or tight end. There's not a quarterback or a tight end that I really uh, feel compelled to draft right now. So I'm looking at the wide receivers, top wide receivers on the board. Uh, according to Kubiak are uh, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, and then you have uh, DK Metcalf. So uh DJ Moore, uh, Moore, I still don't want any part of a Baker Mayfield offense. Uh, DK Metcalf, uh, 
I know he had, I know he maintained production last year with Geno Smith, but uh, I look at the Indianapolis Colts depth chart at wide receiver. They have a competent quarterback in Matt Ryan. I think Michael Pittman could be a target monster this year. That's something that we've seen with Ryan in the past. And while I think Frank Reich will look to spread the ball around, so I really don't like the Colts pass catchers other than Pittman all that much. Although Moali Cock will probably have a low, will probably have a role at tight end. Okay. You did it. You got him in, right? I saw you. Yes. Yes, you got it in. All right. I Vince his broken before. microphone. The running pack pool is getting shallow. Let's oh. go, Vince. The running back pool is getting shallow. <laughs> I'm just doing the NXS joke over here, so I don't mind. <laughs> the best running back available by uh, oh. best running back available from ESPN was James Conner, but based on Kubiak, it was either David Montgomery or Ezekiel Elliott. And, and that's he, with reducing Ezekiel Elliott a little bit for the Tyron Smith injury. And uh, Vince is going to go with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Love it. Oh, I'm on the clock. It's my turn. You are. And Vince can't talk me over. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, I don't like any of them. Ooh. Yes, we all know who NXS are. Okay. <laughs> Lamar yes. Jackson. Lamar Jackson because he's Lamar Jackson. In the event that he gets an injury or something like that, in a real draft, there'd be a, a very good second quarterback to grab in case, but the upside is really high. And I bet you everyone knows who NXS is. This is not Jared Bailey's podcast. Everyone here has <laughs> depth and taste of music. All right, so back to me. I really thought uh, Zeke was going to fall to me there. I like him to have a big year. You know, he – was was really good last year, beginning of the year, until he got hurt, and you know people kind of forget about that. But he's not there. So, James Conner, I mentioned last time, um, I want to take him, but there's a couple, there's a receiver down the board a little bit uh, that I like that is kind of a um, being hyped up a lot. There's two of them, but I don't know if he's going to come back to me. I have a feeling James Conner will not come back to me for sure. Right. But, man, I'm going to go uh, Cortland Sutton. I think he's going to have a big year with Russell Wilson. Um, I, I've kind of been targeting him a lot of other places that I've been. I, I just – I trust him more than Jerry Judy. Judy has, you know, has been hurt, had his injury. Sutton's been hurt as well. But for some reason, more kind of a, a gut feeling. I just have a feeling with Cortland Sutton uh, being that deep threat like Tyler Lockett. I also think he'll get more targets, you know, Lockett. I've had him on teams has had those weeks where he gets two catches. I don't think that's going to be Sutton. I think he's going to get consistent targets and be the deep threat there, um, which is always good with Russell Wilson. So I'm going to go Cortland Sutton to round out my three starting wide receivers. All right. Cortland Sutton going a little earlier than expected. Got to go with the gut. Ian going with the yeah. gut. Yeah. Rivers. We'll see. Well, see, I like big receivers that catch touchdowns and play with good quarterbacks. So I'm just going to take Mike Evans. That seems like it's really easy. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't didn't have to think about it very much because everybody else was just picking their guys in front of me. So that makes life pretty cool. So I'm just going to pick Mike Evans. Uh, I was going to do that because for the exactly same reasons that Rivers just said. Uh, And also, I do not have a single wide receiver yet in this three wide receiver draft. So uh, we should probably take care of that right away. Uh, I, I'm actually okay waiting on receivers, even in this three wide receiver pool. I have a, a number of deep players I like. 
I was going to take Debo Samuel two rounds ago before uh, Mike took him ahead of me. I'm taking a lot of Brandon Ayuk because I'm a horrible, horrible 49ers homer. I'm not doing that in the fifth or sixth round, though. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take DJ Moore. I am going to take a share in that bad Panthers offense because they're going to have to throw the ball occasionally considering they're going to be behind most of the time. And DJ Moore, that's the one good thing the Panthers did this offseason is they signed DJ Moore before all the wide receiver contracts got just out of control. So I'm I'm going to take advantage of that, and I'm going to take DJ Moore. And then uh, highest player left on Kubiak's board, and the second higher highest player left on ESPN's board. Yes. Uh, and then this guy does not have as good of a quarterback as Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm going I'm go- I'm going up to Seattle, uh, and I'm going to take DK Metcalf, who actually I know Vince has been going off on this a couple of times. Actually had better numbers with Geno Smith and a small sample size than he did with Russell Wilson. I know Metcalf's not happy being on Seattle right now, so I'm going to make him happy by joining my team where Patrick Mahomes <laughs> can throw him on a regular basis. Uh, but yeah, I, considering I waited until the fifth round to start uh, getting wide receivers, I've been very happy with DJ Moore and DK Metcalf at the top of my board there. All right. Uh, Rivers is back up. Well, I've filled out my RB and wide receiver starters, so... For me, this is a choice between tight end or quarterback. Um, pretty easy choice in the end because I kind of feel like everybody is in a rush to draft the um, their Justin Herbert and uh, their Patrick Mahomes and whatnot. And, and well, I get it. Kyler Murray has historically been, you know, a really really good starter, and, and he's just kind of sitting here on a platter for me. Um, I know that. Obviously, he has that contract uh, thing that makes him look kind of bad or makes the organization look bad, too, to be honest. Um, I know that they didn't finish the season very well last year. I know, but they don't have DeAndre Hopkins to start the season. So these are all kind of factors where I think in public, he gets pushed down a little bit. He gets this perception that things are going wrong and it kind of spirals. But I think he's a pretty safe pick here, and I'm very happy to uh, put him on the team. All right, so the second pick of round six is Kyler Murray. That's the fifth quarterback off our board. Obviously, since we're only doing an 18 draft, one of the reasons the quarterbacks are going earlier is because if you're only, if you're trying to take all your starters before you get to your bench players, like we're at the point now where people need quarterbacks. So there you go. <laughs> Next uh, up is Ian. Yeah, so I I uh, made a mistake. I said that James Conner would definitely not come back to me, and I didn't. I failed to look at the two teams between me. They both had two running backs already. Um, could have still taken taken one as a bench running back, but I'm going to go with him. He's the ESPN's best available, um, and he's close to the top here of the uh, best available on my uh, Kubiak, I believe, at least running backs. Um, a little bit off here, but I'm going to go ahead and just get my – Starting lineup in, except for quarterback. Obviously, like I said, I think James Conner is still going to get uh, get a lot of touches down near the goal line, um, and still potentially or has a good shot to put up double digit touchdowns again. Catches some passes as well. Um, so I'm I'm going to go with James Conner here. All right, Mike, you are the next person up. Gentlemen, it is time to take some risks, some real risks, and there is a player on the board with the potential to catch 149 passes, who was 100% healthy a week or two ago and is currently just day-to-day with a minor injury. This individual, last time they were day-to-day with a minor injury, about 460 days passed 
before we even had proof of life that he still existed. But going to take a chance. This individual is going to bet on himself this year. He's going to get back into the lineup because he knows that those Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill contracts do not write themselves. He's got to have a good season. His team is relying on him. Yes, I refer to Michael Thomas, wide receiver, New Orleans Saints, make or break risk for my MT threats. Yes, absolutely uh, would be worth it if he's healthy, probably, and does what he did in the past, but who knows? <laughs> you mean Gino's cheesesteaks, right, Vince? That's what Pick I mean. Gino. <laughs> Go for Pedro. Gino or Mallow, either one. All right, Team Vince is up. The top nine players of Kubiak are quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends, and I need a, a wide receiver. <laughs> Sorry, Vince. Oh my goodness. Yay. Take Jerry, Jerry Judy. Judy from the Denver Broncos. All right. Now we are at Tom. Yeah, and I like Judy as a player. I'm just concerned that he might fall into that Tyler Lockett role uh with Russell Wilson where he might he might alternate two for 17 with uh, seven for 116. And so I was sort of, I like Judy as a player. Not sure I would have loved him there. Uh, instead, I'm want a, you know, I have my starting lineup filled out. There's not a court. Um, and in this format, I'm fine waiting on uh, quarter, um, fine waiting on quarterbacks if I don't get one of the top two. And once I fill out my starting lineup, I'm looking for guys who either uh, who are the really good bench players, and which by which I mean they're guaranteed uh, strong volume and a and at least a decent offense, or they have the you know definite starter upside. So I want a wide receiver who's a guaranteed because looks pretty much like a guaranteed part of a passing offense. That even if, if it's not a high volume offense, you know I think he'll still get it. I think he'll still get a lot of targets. And I'm going to take Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, yeah. I know I know Lamar likes throwing to Mark Andrews, especially in the red zone, but he's going to throw to a wide receiver at least some of the time. And there's and you know if you've read yeah. Mike's work, you know what they're pretending about with their other wide receivers. Kubiak is much higher on Rashad Bateman than the ADP in general. What were you going to say, Mike? I, I'm just checking. So Rashad Bateman goes ahead of Terry McLaurin. And I'm supposed to be the Wentz hater here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he was in the AFC South last year. <laughs> and I, you know who else is going ahead of Terry McLaurin? Uh, and not not because I don't trust Terry McLaurin. I because I don't trust Wentz and because it's a PPR league and this is about adding up receptions, all those short debt drags, Deontay Johnson from the Pittsburgh Steelers, short drag fever, baby. Because of PPR points. <laughs> the forgotten Cheech and Chong song, short drag fever. <laughs> well... I'm going to take Tyree McLaurin because I need a wide receiver. And this is now my third player that has a week 14 bye, So I'm putting myself in just a great position, but it is just another wide receiver one on the board. We don't have too many of those left. If I'm adding in wide receivers, I don't really trust Marquise Brown, especially by the time DeAndre Hopkins makes it back. Terry McLaurin got his money. He is, Definitely the wide receiver one in Washington. I can't 
imagine too much competition there. But hey, maybe Wentz will just overthrow him by five yards whenever he tries to target him anyway. So I'll take him there. And just to avoid another another for week 14 bye, uh, I'm going to go running back here. Uh, right now I'm looking between two. I love the confidence of J.K. Dobbins in his ability to come back, directly clapping back at reports from NFL Network. That's a level of confidence I like to see in my players. That being said, I'm sneakily very high on a lot of the Jets rookie class. I like Brees Hall a lot, immediately coming in, setting, basically taking the 60 of a 60-40 split, potentially getting more. I don't see Michael Carter as too much of a threat to take overall carries from him, although I do see Carter potentially being the more reliable receiving back. That being said, I'm a huge fan of Brees Hall's big play potential. I feel like the Jets are going to lean on him a lot this year. Uh, I'm just, I'm really excited about Hall just as a runner in general. So it feels pretty easy if I'm picking between the two of them. I'm not a big, I'm not as big on picking Rams running backs. It almost feels Patriot-esque to me. Uh, with just the number of guys I usually have in there. So I'm going with Brees. Let me ask you a question. Uh, how do you feel about taking your a bench wide receiver and a bench running back before you took a starting quarterback or a starting tight end? Tight ends, I feel like like tight ends feel pretty marginal at this point. I feel like I could still get a decent like tier three one, like a Dawson Knox in a round or two. Quarterback, there's still a lot left on the board in the hundreds. At this point, I feel like I can kind of wait for everyone else to take off and maybe I can get, you know, a Tom Brady hanging around. Or I do kind of like the strategy of getting a security blanket in a Kirk Cousins and then taking a high upside guy like maybe a Trey Lance. Figuring out that work with the two QB system, try for something high upside. But at this point, I'm not getting, you know, if I'm not getting one of the top five guys, let me wait till something falls into my lap. Let me just keep working on, you know, building out my team the best I can. Trexel asks, who would claim to be the best fantasy player here? <laughs> well, not me. Go by the Edge Fantasy Football League. It came in uh, second place the last two years. So That's true. Beat me. <laughs> if you go by the multi-league that we do with my friends, though, I was, came in first in the NFL last year, so. Basketball, baseball. I came in second in basketball, and I'm third in baseball. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Going to win the whole thing. Um, I think we're about ready to stop the broadcast here before we finish in the uh, seventh round. Uh, but does anybody want to wade in on Chris Thomason's draft uh he puts in the comments, he's a 12-team PPR league with pick nine. He has uh, Kyler Murray, Joe Mixon, and DeAndre Swift, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Zach Ertz, and I guess Travis Etienne is his flex. I will say it's easier for me to rate teams when I see them not in position order, but in draft <laughs> order, like who you yeah. took in the first, who you took in the second, who you took in the third. I mean, at first glance, it looks like a good team, except I feel like Ertz – I feel like there are other tight ends I would take above Ertz, even in a 12-team league. I'm guessing he went Mixon first. Yes. And then A.J. Brown and Swift. Or Swift second, maybe, and A.J. Brown third. 
I don't hurt hate Ertz. I was just going to come back in the next round and take Hunter Henry because as down as I am on the Patriots offense, I think they're going to fart the ball to the tight end an awful lot. So, uh, but I don't know. Ertz is probably going to get a bunch of targets, especially in the first couple weeks of the season. Oh, mm. oh, Knox is a good Knox is a good number two then, and you got like a, an upside guy. Yeah, we have Knox higher than Ertz in our projections. So okay, okay. Um, I I give it a B plus plus, Chris. Yeah. All right. That does it for our fantasy mock draft live stream. I want to thank everybody who joined us. I want to thank everybody who's watching and listening. And I hope you learned something a little bit about uh, your drafting. Don't forget to go to our partners at Underdog Fantasy for fantasy playing in best ball leagues. There's still another week and a half of best ball leagues. Use promo code OUTSIDERS for a match up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget to join our new Discord server. The link is at Football Outsiders. You can get fantasy advice through our new Discord server. Uh, tomorrow, we will be back at 1 o'clock with me and Mike, along with Derek Klassen, for the next to last of our team previews. We're going to be talking about the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. Tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much. Thanks to everybody here for joining in and doing this. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening and watching. And we'll see you tomorrow, 1 o'clock. So long.